We've reached chapter 14 of Revelation. Uh, we are most of the way through our journey now in Revelation. The sermon this morning is entitled, Two Responses to God, Virtue or Vice? Virtue or Vice? Two Responses to God. And it really depends what it is we're drinking. Okay? So uh, think about that. Pastor's asking you, what are you drinking? And uh, more will be revealed as we go through our journey in the text today. Revelation 14 uh, really finishes off a section of scripture that we've been looking at uh, since, since back in chapter 12. The section which began with the woman fleeing into the wilderness. And she was given eagle's wings to help her to, to fly through the wilderness and to evade uh, the wiles of the enemy. Uh, remember that woman is the universal church. Uh, remember also, those of you who've been with us on midweek meetings, uh, we saw the same language used of God carrying his people Israel uh, in the Exodus, that he carried them on eagles' wings through the wilderness, the literal wilderness of the desert uh, south of Israel. God is in the business of preserving his people, preserving a particular people to carry his message and his praises through the ages. Why is the woman fleeing? Well, she's fleeing because she's pursued by Satan and his forces as they try to snuff her and her witness out. To the praise of God's holy name, not only does he carry the woman through the wilderness of this life, but God has triumphed decisively over Satan and the other fallen angels. Their time, friends, is now short before they will be utterly destroyed. In chapter 13, we saw how Satan, nonetheless, still continues to deceive the world through two beasts we saw. Firstly, uh, this beast that comes out of the sea, the prestige and power of the rebellious worldly system, empires, both state empires and corporate empires, we can say, they captivate people. People are in awe of these things rather than in awe of God. And there's a second beast. Second beast which represents the false religions, the seduction of mass media, and all false human ideologies which together cause the world and those in it to worship that first beast, to worship the power of humankind and the wealth of nations. See, friends, Satan has many schemes, many distractions to turn our hearts from God and to keep the lost captive to their bondage in sin. Chapter 14 challenges us to bear the name not of the beast. It's easy to come under the name of the beast. But to bear the name of Christ and our Father God. To be those who are faithful and chaste. Those who flee the idolatries of the world. 
and who drink the pure water that flows from Christ and refreshes, deeply refreshes the soul unto all eternity, is a far superior substitute for the cheap Kool-Aid of the world. May the good Lord be pleased to help us as we open his word today. I'm going to read from chapter 14 of Revelation. Then I looked and there before me was the Lamb, standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a sound from heaven like the roaring of rushing waters and like a loud peal of thunder. The sound I heard was like that of harpists playing their harps. And they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. No one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. These are those who did not defile themselves with women, for they kept themselves pure. They follow the Lamb wherever he goes. They were purchased from among men and offered as first fruits to God and the Lamb. No lie was found in their mouths. They are blameless. Then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language and people. He said in a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea and the springs of water. A second angel followed and said, Fallen! Fallen is Babylon the great, which made all the nations drink the maddening wine of her adulteries. A third angel followed them and said in a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on the forehead or on the hand, he too will drink of the wine of God's fury, which has been poured full strength into the cup of his wrath. He will be tormented with burning sulphur in the presence of the holy angels and of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment rises forever and ever. There is no rest, day or night, for those who worship the beast and his image, or for anyone who receives the mark of his name. This calls for patient endurance on the part of the saints who obey God's commandments and remain faithful to Jesus. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labour, for their deeds will follow them. I looked, and there before me was a white cloud, and seated on the cloud was one like a son of man, with a crown of gold on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Then another angel came out of the temple and called in a loud voice to him who was sitting on the cloud, Take your sickle and reap, because the time to reap has come. The harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who was seated on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth 
and the earth was harvested. Another angel came out of the temple in heaven, and he too had a sharp sickle. Still another angel who had charge of the fire came from the altar and called in a loud voice to him who had the sharp sickle, Take your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of grapes from the earth's vine, because its grapes are ripe. The angel swung his sickle on the earth, gathered its grapes and threw them into the great winepress of God's wrath. They were trampled in the winepress outside the city and blood flowed out of the press, rising as high as the horse's bridles for a distance of 1,600 stadia. May God bless his word to us. 1600 stadia doesn't mean a lot perhaps to us if you've got a footnote in your bible maybe it tells you it's about 180 miles or thereabouts 300 kilometers and imagine blood being up to the height of a bridle of a horse for that kind of distance it's a great and fearful sight this vision that we're given and it really ought to bring home the reality of god's call God's call that's gone out across the nations to listen to him, to come to him and receive mercy whilst the day of salvation is open. And so uh, what are we doing? What is our response? If you're taking notes today, then I've got three Ds. Okay, Defiance, drink, and destiny. Defiance, drink, and destiny. As I've said already, this sermon is entitled Two Responses to God, Virtue or Vice. And we can summarize human reality another way, which is defiance. You see, whether we either defy God and follow our sinful nature, or we turn in repentance towards uh, our sin and defy the world by following Christ, The question is, what kind of defiance will we show? Will we resist God? Or will we resist the world? You know, uh, I think often we think of defiance as not a very good thing. But we can think of it positively as defying the world, defying sinful impulse, defying the schemes of the enemy. The people of Ukraine are holding out valiantly against the aggression of Putin and his henchmen, who are consumed by a fantasy delusion of Russian grandeur and imperial glory. It's one example of the powerful delusions sent upon the world to reveal the folly of turning to anyone or anything other than God. The folly of human tribalism and nationalism thinking that we and our nation are any better than others at their core. And so miraculously, the seemingly weaker forces of the Ukraine have been keeping the Russian bear at bay, though at terrible cost. They have been defiantly defending their homes, defending their families, defending their sovereignty 
May the good Lord be pleased to deliver them all soon and enable them to begin the task of rebuilding. The rage of the enemy increases with every gesture of defiance. We see that, don't we, when we look at the Ukraine. Putin grows more and more impatient, using more and more weapons of destruction and terror to try and bring the Ukrainians to their knees. This is true also for all of us in a spiritual sense. With every act of defiance, every preferral of Christ's truth over the deceptions of the world, the enemy rages. Yet, friends, Satan is a defeated enemy, and at the name of Jesus he must flee. Have you discovered the power at the name of Jesus? Have you experienced the joy of the power of your sins forgiven as the eternal gospel that's mentioned in verse 6 here in Revelation 14, that gospel that's gone out into all the world was proclaimed to you, was offered to you the grace of God in Christ Jesus. The good news of a saviour, even Christ the Lord, who came from heaven to live and die at the cross for your sin. Do you know his power in your life as you resist the schemes of the devil and the vain seductions of the world? Have you been equipped to see the destruction being brought about through godless ideologies that are now sweeping our land and have been for a long time? Abortions casually encouraged. People made in the image of God being permanently mutilated in the name of gender ideology and identity. People given a voice by God to proclaim the day of salvation for lost sinners silenced by cancel culture. Friends, we are truly living in troubled times. It's not only in faraway lands ravaged by war that chaos and destruction is happening. The destruction of souls is a pandemic in our streets and across our society. And it gathers pace with every passing month. What's the explanation, friends, for this? Well, I want to contend this morning that Revelation 14 tells us that it all depends on what we've been drinking. I'm not talking about the partying down the road at the local boozer, although that's certainly involved. But are we drinking the world's Kool-Aid? Anyone heard of Kool-Aid before? Have you been drinking the Kool-Aid? You heard that expression? Well, Kool-Aid is a fruit-flavoured powered drink mix that you add to water and you give it to children if you're a bad parent. Uh, it's unhealthy enough to avoid anyway. But the phrase drinking the Kool-Aid is used to describe those who just blindly follow dangerous ideologies or plans. And friends, that's what we do when we're distracted and seduced by the world. And once we're caught in its grasp, the enemy will tighten his grip and not want to let us go. 
We must learn to resist. We must learn to be defiant in the face of the world's seductions. We must learn not to drink the Kool-Aid of the world, no matter how sweet it is, no matter how popular it is. Because it's deadly, dear friends. You know, back in 1978, there was an infamous murder-suicide at a place called Jonestown. There was a cult commune set up in Guyana, South America. And it was all orchestrated by the leader of the People's Temple cult, a man, an American, named Jim Jones. The cult was a rejection of biblical Christianity. Oh, once in the day, Jim Jones was a, was a preacher. He was a preacher of the gospel. But over the years, he was seduced by the world and preferred politics and power play and all manner of other seductions of the world to the gospel of Christ. It was basically a huge power trip for Jim Jones and his co-leaders. And the twisted ideology and deception that they promoted resulted in the murder-suicide of over 900 people, over 300 of whom were children, as they were forced to drink, literally, the Kool-Aid that they mixed up, together with potassium cyanide. We would say, surely, why would anyone follow such madness? Friends, Jim Jones didn't always seem mad. He gradually and subtly gained popularity and supporters. His message chimed with the spirit of the day, the 1960s, the days of liberation and free love. And his message appealed to their sinful desires. But eventually, when his merry-go-round seemed to be collapsing, he decided to take as many people with him as possible. And an appalling tragedy unfolded, which some of you may indeed still remember today. Friends, the seductive messages and ideologies of the world are popular. They justify all manner of sinful behaviours. Revelation 14 says that the rebellious whore, Babylon the Great, made all nations drink the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. Now something I want to make clear, alright? We're not just focusing on sexual immorality here. Right? The Bible uses sexual immorality to describe the faithlessness of the world. So in the beginning of chapter 14, when it talks about uh, the 144,000 uh, keeping themselves pure, uh, verse 4, these are those who did not defile themselves with women, for they kept themselves pure. Uh, in other translation, it literally says these are virgins. Now the 144,000, in case I haven't explained it already, means the entirety of God's elect. Right? 144, for those of you who are mathematicians, we know 12 times 12 is 144. Times 1,000 is 144,000. 1,000 is a significant, complete, large number. All right? 
12 is the Old Testament people of God, times 12, the New Testament people of God, times 1,000, is all God's elect, all the redeemed from the earth, as it says in Scripture. And they are blameless. They have not followed the seductions of the world. That's what it's talking about, dear friends. Revelation says that that way of thinking, the worldliness of its own passions, its own immorality, that is folly. So the sexual revolution has been hailed by those in the secular world as a great liberator. When all that is really brought, brought is a bondage and a great deal of harm to many people, perhaps including you or some that you love. And this deception gathers pace to this day. Friends, how many more will suffer and die in the name of liberty? Beloved, we have to defy the world and come to the Lord to receive another drink. His pure spring water. Verse 7. Fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea and the springs of water. As Jesus said in John's Gospel, chapter 7 and verses 37 through 39. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now Jesus said this about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Dear friends, Jesus has been glorified. The Spirit has been given to his people. And those rivers of living water flow from the springs of God. And so we see in Revelation 14 the open opening of drinking from the pure waters of Christ, taking in the good news of the gospel proclamation, which is carried by these angels mentioned here in the text, the messengers of God, that all those who proclaim the gospel are carrying forth these springs of water, this refreshing water, which once you've drunk of it, you will never thirst again, dear friend. Oh, your body will need some refreshment. Your body will need some nourishment. But deep in your soul, you've received the gift of life from Christ by his Spirit. And so this message is carried by the faithful to the nations, bringing freedom and healing from the world's defiance of God. And people are now included in the new resistance in Christ against the world's vanity and lies. Friends, if we do not hear and turn to Christ, if we prefer to drink the world's Kool-Aid, and it comes in many different flavours, friends, then we will one day drink another drink, one that we do not want to taste, 
the wine of God's wrath, as it says in verse 10. They will drink of the wine of God's fury, which has been poured full strength into the cup of his wrath. He will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment rises for ever and ever. There is no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and his image, or for anyone who receives the mark of his name. Friends, let us choose Christ's virtue over our vice. Let us choose to drink deeply from those springs of living water that Christ has opened for us and reject the temptation of the Kool-Aid of the world. Finally, I want to ask, what's your destiny? We've heard about the defiance we're to offer in the face of the world's temptation. We've heard about the different drinks that are on offer in this world. What's our destiny? What are you drinking? It's time to examine yourself. Some this week will have enjoyed a pint of Guinness to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. But the real reason this 5th century missionary is remembered is not because he's a good excuse for a party every year. That's what the world likes to remember. Oh, it's Paddy's Day, time for a party. Forget about why St. Patrick is revered and celebrated. You see, St. Patrick really did banish the serpent from Ireland. You know that? I'm not talking about some superstitious folklore, but by the power of the gospel of Christ, Patrick preached new life in Jesus. And thousands of Irish answered the call and gave their lives to the Lord and Saviour of humankind. The tribes of Ireland started to give up the pagan Kool-Aid in favour of the life-giving spring water supplied by the Spirit of Christ. They began to experience the harvest of souls. And the transformation that this would bring to the country would enable once warring tribes to come together and write laws to uphold godly justice and tame the wild land. And so the fame of the monks and missionaries of Ireland spread across Europe because of the power of the gospel at work in that land. Friend, do you believe that the same power is at hand to bring rebirth to you? To rebuild your family? To bring hope and healing to your neighbourhood and your workplace? Well, it all depends on whether you've truly tasted the irresistibly delicious water that flows from the heart of Jesus for his people. Today is the first day of spring, but harvest is coming. Revelation 14 tells us plainly that we must make a decision and live with the consequences. Will we be a part of the Son of Man's harvest of the earth? Verse 15. The harvest of the righteous. The harvest of those enduring, keeping the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. As it says in verse 12. 
Or will we be those who have preferred to drink the world's artificially sweet Kool-Aid, chasing after empty and unfulfilling material things, sex, money, celebrity? Revelation uh, chapter 19 and verse 15 tells us that Jesus will also tread the winepress of the fury of God Almighty. Dear friend, what is your destiny? Do you carry the name of the beast or the name of Christ? It all depends on what we're drinking. The offer of Christ's precious, life-giving spring water remains open. and We can never exhaust it. Shall we pray?